Hello, and welcome to the Slow Style Home Podcast. If you don't want a cookie-cutter, generic home, and instead you want a beautiful, meaningful home that's layered with personality, then you are going to be so inspired by the conversations we have on this show. We talk about why the environments we create matter and how to set up our rooms to evoke specific feelings and experiences that are right for you wherever you are in your life right now. I'm Zandra, your host and creator of the Slow Style Home Framework that teaches you how to make really thoughtful and informed decisions about your home rather than chasing current trends that may not last or staying stuck with rooms you hate, feeling overwhelmed with too many choices. Right now, when you join our monthly membership, the Slow Style Society, you'll get a personalized deep dive into your vision of what a dream home looks and feels like. And together, we'll come up with a plan on how to achieve that. If that sounds pretty awesome to you, go to slowstylehome.com and click on Join the Society for all of the details. I'll tell you a little bit more about it later on. Right now, let's just jump into today's episode. Hello, and welcome to the Style Matters Podcast, brought to you by Little Yellow Couch. I'm Zandra, your host, and I am so glad you're here. You're listening to a show that's all about developing your signature style in your home and connecting that style to the life you want to create. Now, if you've been having trouble figuring out what your style even is or how to define it, how to explain it, how to know if everything you have is all working together, I've got a great place for you to start. If you haven't already, go to our website, littleyellowcouch.com and play along with us the style mashup game. Download the free Style Finder. It's a little yellow button at the top of the homepage and you'll come up with your own one-of-a-kind style. Now, I'm not talking about typical style categories like farmhouse or industrial or shabby chic. I am talking about mashing up different elements of design that are meaningful to you to create something that is completely unique and wholly you. So again, go to littleyellowcouch.com. Click on the free Style Finder button to get started and play along with us. Let's get started on today's episode. My guest is Geraldine James, a prolific author of gorgeous design books, including the very popular Creative Walls and Hashtag Shelfie. These are the two books I wanted to talk about with her in particular because buying art as well as displaying collections are two things I think we should all be embracing. Geraldine showcases so much inspiration for all of us, and so I encourage you to get your hands on these books to help you think beyond just hanging pictures. We start off talking about her Creative Walls book, but then we also discover two more books she's had published within the last 12 months. I'm telling you, she's unstoppable. Here's Geraldine James. When I first reached out to you and your publisher, I, I was particularly interested in, in this topic of what to do with our walls, because it's a question I get asked all the time, and I think maybe that's why your book, which 
is your first book has has stood up so well it's still uh, a stumbling block for so many people there there seems to be a lot of trepidation around um, what do I hang on it how high do I hang something how do I know what size to look for should I do frames no frames I even hear people worry about the prospect of putting a nail in the wall in the first place, a single nail. (laughs) So your book, Creative Walls, the full title is How to Display and Enjoy Your Treasured Collections. It takes all of those fears and it just leaves them far, far behind. Um, you, You talk right in the introduction about that anything goes. And if you love it, that is all that matters. But you continue to say you are putting your own soul on display. So talk a little bit about that, because I think that this gets to your overall philosophy, I'm guessing, when it comes to decorating our homes. Yes. So um, in my apartment, in um, I've got a very long, thin hallway. So one, one side of that hallway, I always have a big wall of, of art, a big wall of pictures. And I've, you know, I've changed them over the years. But what I did was I went through a lot of pictures, a lot of old, fa- uh, when I say family pictures, it's mostly my daughter and things we've done together over the years. But, um, you know, and they might be quite crummy pictures and they might be color. And, you know, and I've had them cropped. I've had them put back to black and white. I've had them enlarged. They become quite grainy and quite interesting. Yes. And, and then I put them in a collection of, new and vintage frames um and i also frame maybe some pieces of art that she's done over the years but i don't then just make it all about the family then i'll interdispersed um you know my own favorite pictures i found or pieces of art i've found or plates or various things to make it more interesting so it's kind of like a mixture of different things right but in 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 the heart of it is some you know uh unique pictures of um family and also because i've decided that the wall in the hall is always going to be monochrome uh you know it's a very striking um hall and it makes people stop and study and look but as i say it's you know it's 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 thinking about what you're passionate about and what's important to you and what you want to look at and and it's so revealing uh, as to who you are exactly yes exactly and, and a lot of it is about confidence as well. Yes. People don't feel confident. And that's why when I do these books, I try to make them as simple as possible um, so people can really un- really understand um, what I'm trying to say and actually um, helps them make decisions about certain things. Well, there's a theme through all of your books in terms of it, they're being inspirational, but Creative Walls and Hashtag Shelfie are both – they're very eye-opening. I think if if people haven't seen this kind of decorating, this kind, this way of uh, living in one's home, where where it truly is an art of the art of display, and I think that's what I loved about creative walls in the first place was that all of the people who own these homes, they're not designers necessarily they're just people who are brave and put things up on their walls that speak to them and then I think over time as you do that over and over again you build your confidence and you really start to develop an eye Mm. and you have I mean you have your whole life you've been collecting things and yeah yeah 
that it must have just been something instinctively. I mean, I have no idea why. My father was a police officer. <laughs> and my mother's a, you know, was a housewife with six children. So right, right. I don't know how, where that came from, because we, we didn't have a particularly creative home or there wasn't any driving. There was nothing that was dry. It just, it just popped out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sort of popped out. You were, you were born with the, with the impulse. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Um, but I, and I think, you know, one of the great things also about, about doing books and, you know, you, you are, one of the questions you asked me is what my favorite things in the, in the creative world. Yes. Give us some, some of those. The things I like, some of the things I really love are when people collect something that's the same. Say, for instance, you know, if you have a mirror collection on a wall, a whole wall filled with mm -hmm. different styles of mirrors looks amazing. And I yes. collected for a long time um, oil paintings of flowers, and I don't have them anymore because I moved on from that, and I my look became sort of less feminine, harder. But I gave all these pieces of art to my friends who live in a beautiful stone-built chateau in France. Oh. So when I go and stay with them, all my pictures are there in my bedroom that I stay in. Oh. I so love it. Sort of recycled because and, and it's they they were all collected from antique markets. Now they've gone to another new home, so they've just gone on. They've just had this life. I love that. But I have to say, one of the most um, interesting and extraordinary places I've been. They were absolutely extraordinary. This couple had the most amazing apartment, and they have um, old school art, um, old school pictures, or, well, I say they're old school, you know, like groups of classroom shots, um, um, but also it could be a military academy or it could be a poetry society or it could be just groups of people when those long, long, long photographs. Yes, the panoramic, yes. Yes. Well, there's um, two or three pages in the book where you see these pictures in their apartment. They're literally cheek by jowl in this apartment, hundreds of them. Really astonishing. And then the same apartment on the shelf in the kitchen, they have vintage food mixers. I mean, can you believe it? In all those shades of pastel. Yes. It's something that they got so much pleasure out of. Right. It wasn't just the wife or just the husband. It was the pair of them. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, I, I don't think I put it together that they that was all from the same home. Okay. Yeah, it was a jaw on the floor moment, I have to say. You know, when I was thinking, oh, my friend's got portraits on her wall and I've got flowers on my wall. Oh, my, that's nothing. Have you seen these pictures? That's a, right, another level. So I, you mentioned the oil portraits of, of florals that you collected for a long time. What are you hanging on your walls currently since you, you so graciously – let them move on to someone else's home. I have curtailed my, my magpie instinct slightly. Okay. Um, but what I now do is I uh, collect mostly art. And, and I, I, don't, I don't say that in a sort of pompous way. I'm not saying art, darling. You know, it's, um, <laughs> it's, it's paint pictures that I like, <laughs> that I like the look of, whether I've paid £20 for them or if I paid. I think the most expensive thing I've ever bought ever and it took me so much angst was about 900 pounds okay right and that was an oil and i bought it in france but it's it was so extraordinary i loved it so much i have stripped back a bit i'm not quite so max what i call maximalist i still like plates but i don't collect them as avidly as i used to um i do like putting plates amongst a wall of art because it's the round edges gives it a nicer you know since I've now done shelfies, I also collect objects in vases. 
I have a pretty impressive vase collection. Okay, right. Well, that's true. We don't only have to talk about where you're collecting for your walls. It can also be your shelves. Oh, my goodness me. Well, I, I too, have cycled through so many different collections. You know, I did globes for a long time. Yes, globes is a popular one. Oh, yes. And and really got quite a few of them. Um, And I loved all the different sizes and also the different colors. And I haven't parted with them yet. They may... They make uh, they may make a, a, a resurgence, uh, have a, have a reappearance in my home at some point. But it is fun too how we go through these periods of collecting things for several years, and then we kind of move on. And it's uh, it's such a lovely pastime, a way to embrace what we're currently passionate about or what's currently really pleasing to our eyes. Exactly, you're absolutely right. So so let's keep going with this collection. Um, I want to hear, I, I assume this is still happening because Hashtag Shelf is a fairly new book. Yes. But you mentioned this, your white kitchen and you have a green collection of, I assume it's vases, um, not remembering exactly now, but I am dying to see what this looks like. Tell us a little bit about your kitchen. Well, um, when I had it renovated, which was quite a while ago, when I, think, when I was thinking back, I had it renovated by 15 or 17 years, I can't remember, ago. And I had a door put in the side so you could walk straight out into a porch on the side. At the same time, when I was having that done, I had these two giant shelves put up by my builder. They are literally my pride and joy. I mean, those shelves have taken on and have been all sorts of things. But principally what they are is the lower shelf contains all my everyday standard China, which is all white. And then the top shelf is where I have, um, which is pretty much mostly display. And that's, you know, with vases and with, um, and for a long time, I had a stuffed owl on there, but I don't have that there anymore. I mean, I've got, I've gone, oh, I slightly went, moved slightly into taxidermy, but actually I really don't like that anymore. And I won't have taxidermy anymore, but um, it just was a moment in time. It was a phase, yes. <laughs> yeah. And also because I've added quite a lot of black to my kitchen now, I've got two long, tall black cabinets at the far end of the cabinet of kitchen. I've actually put some black uh, ceramics on these shelves and mixed it with the white, which looks very striking. Mm-hmm. Um, and the green, where the green comes into it, I have an enormous piece of art in my kitchen, which has got which was painted by um, a French artist called Laurence Amélie, which I discovered through Rachel Ashwell, actually. Oh, fun. Um, and it's got this piece of art. It's got a lot of tur- turquoise in it, a lot of green in it. It's actually a um, tutu, like a ballet dress, but you would never – it looks, It looks if you just look at it, it looks like a sort of abstract. Mm. So I picked out this green, and I've started avidly collecting green things. And at the moment, I don't have them on my shelves. I have them on the top of my cabinets in my cabinets and along my windowsill. Okay. And there are all sorts of things. I even bought a bowl last week, you know, with green dots on it. I was thinking, I just still, you know, I, I don't, you know, which I need a bowl, like I need a hole in the head. But but it had green dots. I mean, you know. you Green dots. So I had to buy it, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> and um, there is a uniformity to what I'm doing, and it all, and I have and everything pulls together, so it's not it's not random. Because I love people saying to me, "Oh, um, do you think you could look for so and so for me when you're out?" You know, and I said, "Yes." Oh, I know. It's such a fun challenge. Yeah, and also it's another reason to spend somebody else's money. You know, you can still get 
Still get the thrill without having to spend your own money. Exactly. <laughs> Would you come around and do my shelves? Says, yes, of course. Absolutely no problem. <laughs> not a job. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Oh, well, and uh, the, the, my question about the green, your collection of green things in your white kitchen was because you, you, you bring this up several times in the hashtag shelfie book and, uh, and certainly have lots of wonderful examples of it. The idea that sometimes your objects are the only piece that bring in color into your home. I mean, that's one way to, to do it. That, that instead of thinking about the color that you're going to put on your walls or in your furniture, sometimes people like to keep that very neutral. And then those objects really stand out because they are the color. Well, it's interesting you should say that because the, my next book is called pop of color okay and it's exactly that and and actually a girlfriend of mine who lives who've moved recently to a fabulous house but i just said it's it was just all gray you know everything was gray and i just thought to myself she i said have you ever thought about adding a color she said well i don't know how would i do that and i said well how about getting some burnt orange cushions in you know because she had a kitchen dining room with a with a sofa in it and um, so she went, hmm. I said, well, try, see what happens, you know. Now, of course, you know, it's, it's got it's come, it's got a life of its own, this orange colour. <laughs> You've created a monster. <laughs> yeah, and it's, but it's good because it's taken out, it's just, yeah, and all those things at any moment can be taken away and you're back to neutral again and you can bring in another colour. Mm-hmm. You know, I've put things in cupboards and drawers and in or my garden shed and brought them all out again and re, re, re gone ra- right back down that path again. You know? Right. I do that too, the rotating of things. Yes, it keeps things fresh and it keeps me interested. Yes. So that's, so I'm very excited. Do, I mean, do you have even up, do you have a publishing date? Because let's not forget that your newest book that's finished is published, is coming out in September. So, um. Well, Pop of, Pop of Colors coming out in, uh, uh March 2021. Well, let, let's keep talking about, about all of this idea of, um, how we're using our spaces. Back to Shelfie, the, the book Shelfie. Um, you talk about how sometimes it's very helpful to have a theme in mind when you're deciding what to put on a shelf because, um, you know, I think sometimes otherwise it starts to feel rather random and cluttered. Um, and then another wonderful takeaway that I had from that book was the backgrounds of w- what's behind the shelves, the wall that you might see or whatever you might put on the shelf as its own background and then third takeaway that I loved was to keep your eye out for things that could stand in for shelves and if you don't have a shelf or a bookcase. So let, let, I want to talk about all those things. So let's start with having a theme. You have to have a theme because it will just look like a random bunch of things. For me, if you, you know, you enter into a room and the room speaks to you about, you know, the feeling of the room, the room is soft, gentle, it's relaxed, it's comfortable, it's this, it's that, it's got... You know, um, so you need to stay true to what your room is and what you want it to be because you can't have shelves with things in it that completely says another, tells another story to what your house is like. It needs to be compatible. 
Um, so when I say, you know, I mean a colour or a group of colours uh, or a theme in, or a feeling such as a natural, like stone and wood and grass. And um, there's lots of examples in the Shelfie book of those sort of things when you might, you know, collect some stones, some shells from the seashore or some grasses or some, um, you know, you get a lovely old wooden frame and or, a, you know, you can create a look or a feeling um, you know, from a theme, it doesn't actually necessarily have to be a color, or it might just be white jugs. You know, it might be as simple as that. It might be every single size, shape, form of white jugs, right? Which equally can look amazing in a kitchen, you know, um, and or a um, you know, or silver trays or things that you know, if it's in a kitchen, things that are specific to a kitchen. Right. And I love this idea of a mat. There's this, I, I think you have both examples in the book, throughout the book, where sometimes people amass quite a collection of one thing, different shapes, like you're saying, different sizes, maybe, but it's all say white jugs, earthenware, let's say. And and the impact is how is in how many there are. And then other times, the shelves are so stunning, because each object has so much space around it. Yes, each object. Yes, each object sings, and it's it's you know. When I have that whole um, chapter called "Simple," um, simple is yeah. What the actual title of it is, but it's sim. It's simplicities telling a story. And when you when I was doing the book and I was doing the working on the simple um, chapter, I was thinking, oh, I really like this. But then when I went back into you know my own, I thought, oh, I really like this too. You know, so I'm kind of. You know, but I think that that's inherent in you. And as I say, I am inherently a maximalist, really, mm-hmm. truly. As much as I try to be a minimalist, I'm not really. We'll be back after a quick break. I assume you're here because you want a one of a kind, personality filled home, right? Well, in order to have that, you need to define and develop your signature style. When you do that, you're going to understand how to mix what you already have with new things you find, focusing on who you are and what you love, putting it all together in a cohesive way. So what's stopping you? Well, let me know if this sounds about right. Not enough time, not enough money, and a lack of creativity or design knowledge, which makes you feel overwhelmed and insecure about pulling the trigger and changing things up. This is why I created the Slow Style Society, to help you take action on making your dream home a reality. It's part social club for people who like to just geek out on design and part hands-on learning experience where you get better and better at making decor decisions for each room in your home. And for the next few weeks, I'm offering all new members an additional one-on-one style session with yours truly. So I'll take you through the lessons so you know exactly what to focus on inside the Slow Style Framework in what order, and you'll have a personalized support system from me to get you there. Go to slowstylehome.com and click on Join the Society so we can get started right away. Let's not wait for that imaginary perfect time to create your beautiful, meaningful home. Again, go to slowstylehome.com and click on Join the Society. Okay, back to the episode. Yeah, I, 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 I do play, I do... 
have my moments of minimalism and and then slowly the maximalist in me starts creeping yeah. back out again <laughs> yeah exactly um so when we talk about things at the back yeah the the background of the shelves yes There's sort of lots of things obviously i always like to try and use art um in the background and i always you know if if it's a color theme it will be a picture that's got a piece of the color in it or a small uh, or it might it might speak volumes about a particular color i either hang it or i lean it but it always slightly off center and that provides the anchor for the rest and then everything gets laid in front of it right i um, feel like your artwork is close enough it like you hang your artwork fairly close to your shelf so that it becomes an extension of the shelf yes which i think is important to say because it's not uh, the wall then how you've decorated that is not separate from the shelf right it's all one big vignette yes exactly exactly um and also i like the idea of um books you know and you use books as a platform you know you might get a whole stack of one color books put them on their side and put a vase on top of it which looks great because then you get, it gives you height, it gives you texture, it gives you interest. Yes. And sometimes it's quite good to do something and then photograph it and then look at the photograph and really analyze it because the photograph sometimes tells you more about, it might show you something that's really skew-whiff or, or... Oh, that's such a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. And also, um, I love seeing a colored wall. Like if you did, this is going to be something I'm going to talk about in my next book more, but painting a wall and then painting the shelves the same color as the wall, which I think looks great. And then sometimes wallpaper, you also have talked about wallpapering. Wallpaper, or even sometimes if it's cubby holes rather than just straight open shelves, you can just make square color paper panels and push them back or cover or cover pieces of MDF with fabric, have those as a backdrop as well. Sure. And there, there's another example that I love in your, in your book where the shelves are on a lovely uh, wall. I, I think it might be a fairly neutral color wall, but the wall itself is, is got some texture to it, which is nice. But then someone has put sort of um, uh, rough uh, pieces of wood. That it almost looks like an old fence or something, or pieces of a fence on at the back of the shelf so that the things in front of it then have this extra layer of background it, it's it's really lovely piece of layering oh yeah but the other thing i really like using is i love postcards because um you know whenever you go to an exhibition an art exhibition and we have fantastic um galleries here in Tate Modern and Tate Gallery in the V&A and all sorts of different places and, sure and i love going to the store at the end of the exhibition and grabbing six or seven postcards to remind me of the exhibition, my most favorite pieces. Right. I always like to prop them up on a shelf, you know, then on as a reminder of what I've just seen. Um, and they uh, behave as a sort of an inspiration um, because, you know, you either buy them because they already go with something you've got or you buy them because you like to piece a color in one of them. Um, I've done that twice now where I've lived with something and it had a color in it that I really liked. And then before I knew where I was, I was buying a couple of things in those sort of colors. And before you know you are, you've actually created another whole look all based around a postcard. Right. Absolutely. I do the same thing in those art, in art museums, because obviously you're never going to be able to buy an actual, you know, Rembrandt or whatever. No. So, <laughs> so the postcard is, is just this little reminder of, yeah, of that experience of seeing it in real life and then 
I love this idea of the collection of them. And sometimes the collection itself kind of morphs into a color scheme or yeah, materials. And what about um, some of the really super clever ideas that you and others have had about uh, recycling things to use as shelving that weren't originally intended as shelving? Oh, yes. You know, when you go to antique markets, if, if you go to them a lot, like I do, and it's not immediately obvious. And actually, to be honest with you, I can't take credit for a lot of this. There's a, there's a couple called uh, Mark and Sally Bailey who have a fabulous store here called Bailey's Home Store. And they're very good at things like that. But they, um, they've done some truly astonishing things. One of my most favorite things is they've got those old um, medicine cabinets, which they've sanded down to the um, tin color and hung them all in various degrees, all various shapes on the wall. And they've taken the glass doors off the front of them. So then they've created these open shelves. And equally, another thing they've done is they've put a pallet, a wooden, old wooden pallet they've suspended on the wall and put plates in it, which looks great. Yes. Those sort of things like old baker's racks or post office sorting wire racks, those sort of things, which you can pick up quite easily at vintage uh, antique markets, make fantastic shelves. And before you even put a thing on them, you've got a work of art going on. Right. And crates, we you do you have quite a few crates in the book. I have a yeah fruit fruit crates, crates exactly uh, fruit crates. I have one on my wall that used to carry encyclopedias, and and I you know it's hanging on the wall. I can't take credit for that. That was actually my son's idea. But I also use crates as bookshelves, and yeah, crates are endlessly uh, versatile. Yes, one of my absolute favorite examples in in your book is a tiny toy not toy, a, a child's wooden chair that someone has hung on the wall and then used the seat as a shelf. Yes. I love that. So, oh, it's so charming and lovely. Isn't that great? I mean, when, you know, you buy these little tiny chairs for your children and they use them for about a minute. Um, <laughs> you know, they literally do, don't they? I don't know. Because why would they want to sit in a little chair? They want to sit on big chairs along with everybody else, you know. <laughs> right. And um, But if you have one, paint it and hang it and then put a teddy on it. I mean, it looks so good. It's so refreshing to see things used in ways that they weren't intended to be used. Yes, exactly. So I'd like to finish up with your, your <laughs> now it's not even your most recent book, which is Cool Dogs, Cool Homes, Living in Style with Your Dog. So first of all, what compelled you to write this particular book? I suddenly realized that most of my friends and acquaintances I've met in the in have dogs, you know, I mean, really a lot. And, I, you know, I'm even the most pristine interior designed homes have dogs living in them and they're the center of them. What was so amazing was that really on the whole, people weren't precious. People simply weren't precious. I mean, why would you be, why would you have the most fabulous house with the most fabulous things in it and get a dog? Because you wouldn't, would you, if you were, <laughs> if you were precious? Because no. No matter how many things you do to avoid your dog's paw prints then your dog's paw prints are going to be on your furniture and that's the truth of it and you know I've got cream sofa cream linen sofas and I've had a dog for as long as I know and I always get muddy paw prints on them but I brush them off or I take the covers off and wash them or I cover them with a throw I mean I wanted to do this book because it was such a nice story to tell people have often asked me do you think people's homes um reflect 
their dogs and actually interesting enough they do um because if you if you sort of walk walk through the book and you suddenly think if i said to you um you know richard and graham who live in um near the seaside and they've got a um honey colored cavapoo and they've got a sort of um uh, black cavapoo and their whole house are all those tones <laughs> and when now i see the pictures of my dog eddie in my flat it's all tonal. It's you know, and I've, that's completely by accident. But it is, it is all tonal. And um, anyway, I just I, when I was talking to my publisher when I first thought about this, I said, "Have you ever thought about doing a book about design homes in dogs?" And she said, "Well," and she was kind of like, not mad, you know. She was sort of, but I convinced her because you know we've come a long way. And as I started the project progressed and I kept we kept sending pictures uh, that we'd done I think she was thinking this is great oh, this, good. Is really get, this is really getting legs now and this is really really telling a story and um and actually I'm really proud of it I think it's a nice book it's well it's so right so I think the biggest takeaway here is that no one has sacrificed style because they live with dogs. I feel the same way about kids. You Absolutely. Yes. You just, like you said, you have to, you really have to embrace the realities of living with a dog. And honestly, I, 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 if I said to you, um, access all areas, I would say 99% of the homes I visited, the dogs had access all areas. And I would say 75% of the dogs sleep on their owner's beds. And, um, you know, apart from the odd throw on a sofa or extra fabric on a sofa or, you know, they just deal with it. But right. It doesn't. People were, have been very creative in all of the stuff that kind of can go with the dog, the bowls, the toys, all that kind of stuff. They found ways to make it look like it's part of the home and not this separate thing, this, you know, a ugly plastic pink toy you know no they're not going to get that because that they don't want to look at it you know so they'll find something else that works yes exactly well geraldine this has been so delightful i'm i'm a huge fan of, of all of your books and i am it's been wonderful to talk with you today well it's been a pleasure thank you so much Thank you so much for spending your precious time with me today. I hope that you have enjoyed this episode as much as I have enjoyed putting it together. Quick reminder, go to littleyellowcouch.com to play the style mashup game. Just click the free style finder button on the homepage and you'll be able to download the guide and get started on your very own signature style. I will see you next time. Have a great day. Thanks so much for listening. I know your time is valuable and I really do appreciate you spending it with me. And please, please, please take a minute to leave a review for Slow Style Home wherever you get your podcasts. It honestly does help keep this show on the air and your feedback is highly valuable to me. Have a great day and I'll be back in your earbuds soon. Bye for now. <laughs>